In today's episode, I break down rounds 5, 6, and 7 of the NFL Draft for the Bengals and the corresponding depth charts for each position. At the end, I'll have some questions that I have myself about the team and if they address them this offseason. Joe Burrow sporting a new look this offseason as well. Got everybody talking. And he's also talking about keeping the boys together and maybe taking a, uh, a more team-friendly deal. All that and more on this episode of the Sports Ethos Cincinnati Bengals podcast. My name is Josh Racer. You can find me on Twitter at R-I-E-S-S-E-R-1-4. And you can find this Sports Ethos page at at Ethos Bengals. And like I always say, Sports Ethos Network, always recruiting. Uh, we have a new new GM. That's Keith Cork. He's, uh, he's always sending out tweets uh, looking for help because it's real fun. And, you know, like I always say, I want to I have banter with people. I want to talk sports. I think I'm going to try to start getting on some more fantasy stuff. Uh, you know, the NBA playoffs really got me back into my dynasty basketball league, and I don't even need to get into my football fantasy because that that basically has overtaken my life, dynasty at least. You know, it helps me keep, keep track of all these rookies coming into the league and kind of stays fresh with the league. But this is not a fantasy podcast is about Cincinnati Bengals. And like I said, we're going to finish up talking about their draft class. Uh, round five is where we left off, day three. And this round, they take a particular position of need that I'm interested in, in running back. Because as we all know, I absolutely hate Joe Mixon. I can't believe he's still on the team. That the fact that the Bengals could save over $10 million by designating him as a June 1st cut is baffling that they haven't with all the the new uh, contracts they're going to have to give out, especially like when I said in the intro. You know, Burrow has, has said that he wants to make it a more team-friendly deal, not that he won't get paid, but so that he can kind of spread the wealth out a little bit more. And cutting Mixon just makes so much sense because they aren't even going to be a running team. The Bengals are going to be very pass-heavy, and Mixon has already proved that he is inefficient when given the chance. He only has blow-up games against weaker opponents. And and that's the thing, like, he's not reliable in pass protection either, so I don't understand why Joe Mixon has a, a room on this team at all, because he doesn't bring anything. Uh, anyways... Back to Chase Brown. Sorry, I always seem to go into Joe Mixon tangent whenever he uh, pops into my freaking head. Uh, so Chase Brown, he's running back out of Illinois, uh, living in Madison. 
I do watch a lot of the Big Ten games, and it did seem every time that I saw him on the TV, he was he was dominating in some fashion. He looks like a decent running back. He's 23, so he's a little old coming into the league. He's 5'9", 210 pounds, so he's got that kind of short, dense frame that NFL kind of seemed to look for now, more compact. Uh, that said, he still posted the highest vertical at the combine for running back, and that was at 40 inches. So that's that's a nice explosive trait, as well as a 10-inch, 7-inch, excuse me, 10-foot, 7-inch broad jump, uh, including he also ran a 4-4-3-40, which the Bengals have definitely lacked speed in the backfield for, for many years. Not like Joe can run very fast. Mixon, that is. I love Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's fastest guy in the league. Uh, anyway, Chase, in his final season, he was averaging 20-plus touches a game. That's a nice chunk. He had 1,600 total yards with 10 touchdowns. So, yeah, he basically was Illinois' offense. Like, Brett Bielma ran the poop out of him. Decent at the pass blocking. He's able to use his build to kind of just kind of get in front of people, but he's definitely going to have to work on that at the next level, especially if he wants to uh, earn the Bengals' third down job because that's what they value the most. He's patient, and he can make the running the linebacker commit to the gap first and then hit the outside. So he's a nice little blend of patience and burst, but the ability to hit the outside, that's nice. Especially with the Bengals running a uh, very zone-heavy scheme. Yeah, he's got decent hands in route running, so he... The, the th thing about running back on this team, the only way to get on the field is being able to pass protect, like I say. And, you know, when Burrow is in a pinch, he's going to have to be able to get the ball out. you got to be reliable. You know, teams like to take away down the field a lot, or even the intermediate parts. So when it's like, a, you know, like a third and two, third and three, you always got to be, have your head on a swivel at the running back spot. And it always takes you back to that last play in the Super Bowl. And Jamar Chase had, be, had uh, beaten Jalen Ramsey, but the Bengals' offensive line could not hold up. And you just see Joe Burrow swing this little, little pass to Samaje Piran's feet. And notice whose name I said was on the field at that time, not Mixon. Uh, back to Chase again. He had six fumbles his senior year, which is not good. Like, let's be honest, that's very bad. Uh, but that could just be because of being overworked, overused, fatigue. You know, that's all I can really hope so. He does have over 670 carries under his belt in his uh, collegiate career, so he's he's got some tread on the tire, that's for sure. Also, uh, runs a little upright and straight. You know, in the NFL, if you get caught doing that, you're going to get popped, and the first time you do that, you're going to learn, hopefully. But, you know, Chase Brown seems like a very, very, uh, what's the word, consistent running back. I don't see him earning too many carries his first year. You know, and going into the depth chart, Mixon clearly has a number one spot. And there's been a lot of talk about Travion Williams this offseason, which is kind of weird because he's never really done anything. He's had some nagging injuries, and he was a late-round pick. 
maybe even undrafted. Out of Oklahoma, I think it was like a sixth or seventh round pick. So really, one of the interesting camp battles is going to be who earns that second running back spot and who can end up on the field on third down. If maybe Joe Mixon gets in the weight room this year or this off season, I should say, and like gets stronger in the pass blocking, and if he wants, to, if he can stay on the field all three downs, that's probably the best for the Bengals because their depth is lacking. But, I mean, if Chase comes in to uh, the rookie Manning camp and the OTAs and, and uh, you know, camp looking looking polished, he could be a sneaky, sneaky find for them. Let's move on to round six, where the Bengals w- double dip at the wide receiver position. And this one's kind of fun because I actually brought this guy up in one of my very first episodes as a late round target, like kind of a raw prospect that I wanted them to target because he's fast and he's big. And they don't have a lot of that. I mean, yeah, T. Higgins is big and Jamar Chase is pretty fast, but, like, they don't have the true burner. And they just, like, I wanted the size speed guy, even just for developmental purposes. His name, Andre Yoshivas. Yoshivas. He, uh, he's a track field guy. From Princeton, which I like because that shows that he's at least smart. You know, you don't people don't go to Princeton to really mainly play football. But like I said, he's a track and field guy, and he's raw, as it did take some time for him to get on the field at Princeton. But four four three forty, he's six three, two hundred five pounds. Uh, you know, he he's a great athlete. He's got a quick release off the ball, and he sells his roots well. And he can track the ball in the air. You know, that's one of his stronger suits as well. What he's going to be good at for the Bengals, though, if he eventually does see the field, like I understand that he's a sixth-round pick, and that's a pretty stacked depth chart. But if they can just get him going on, like, nice cross routes, a slant, like if he can sell that outside fake and the get inside quick on his guy that are you know let's just see him get a go ball like right down the seam maybe somehow he can get matched up on a slower safety and just send a deep joe uh he does lack burst and a second gear so he's kind of like once he gets it takes him a little bit and once he gets there he's, he's fast but that's about all he's got and he could use some help uh running after the catch with the with ball in hand but you know, him probably not being a football player his whole life. Definitely, that's something you learn uh, with time. And, you know, he he needs to improve his blocking on the run plays as well, which is something Cincinnati's pretty pretty big on. Like, Stanley Morgan has had a spot on this team for a long time because of special teams. And, and one of my favorite plays is... W- you always know what's coming when you see Stanley Morgan coming around in motion. They're going to do a little little uh, pitch play to the running back. And Stanley is like, he's on his, he's moving. He's on his horse. And he just barrels into the cornerback every time. I love it. Uh, every time that play come on, comes on, I, I'm ready for it. And so Andre, I mean, he, I, I like them. Like I said, I, that's, I don't really have too much on him. There's really not much more I can like should say. We don't really know much about him. I've kind of already gone into the Bengals' depth chart. Clearly, Chase is one, Higgins two. They are both, hopefully, should be extended. 
I've seen some numbers about Higgins, the projected value, and it's a lot. I don't know if it's true, but uh, I think Boyd's gone next season. And Charlie Jones, who, let's, uh, like when I mentioned about my dynasty leagues, I've picked him up in a bunch of my leagues. Because I think he'll have a big role next year as their slot receiver. And he's actually uh, been taking some punts at OTAs in rookie mini camp, so it's going to be fun to see Charlie on the field. But Andre, you know, even after Charlie this year, the number five spot, I guess that's open. Andre, Stanley Morgan, I think Michael Thomas still on the, on the team. So, yeah. Who knows what the Bengals do in the, at the wide receiver spot next year. They could maybe draft another one. If Yoshivas doesn't uh, pan out in a year like they want, I could see him drafting another receiver if, uh, if Boyd's gone. Next, the other six-round pick that the Bengals had which they acquired in the trade from our good friend, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, that was the uh, Jordan Battle deal. And with this pick, the Bengals took special teams ace from Michigan, Brad Robbins. He's a punter. And, I mean, let's be honest. We lost the AFC Championship game this year because Drew Chrisman couldn't punt to save his life. It's like he forgot how to do it. Couldn't get any hang time. Hits one right out of bounds. And, like, there was those. And he gives the no hang time one. Allows Kadarius Tony to get great field position. And then he, uh, I can't remember which one he freaking shanked. It was, like, for, like, 25 yards. Give him great position again. And I also think in the Super Bowl, it, Kevin Huber. You know, that's why Kevin Huber lost, finally lost his job. Because he couldn't do it in the Super Bowl either. Like the Bengals have been plagued by punters for the past two years in the biggest games of their almost their franchise history. But you know, hopefully with Brad, we get something. I'm, I'm not going to go into his combine or anything or like talk about it much because he's a punter. At that point, you kind of hope what you get is a great investment you know in the sixth round they could have gone in a lot of different ways they could have bolstered up their t their linebacker depth another offensive lineman a tight end another defensive tackle there's a lot of people they could have gone with here but they went with the punter and you know michigan had a lot of draftees i also think their kicker went so it says something about their special teams unit I just, you know, I hope going... They've already said it's going to be open competition for the punter, which basically means, Drew, like, good luck. Because we just drafted this guy, and you were undrafted, so you might be on the streets. Thank you, Ohio native Drew Chrisman. I'll move on to the seventh round, where the Bengals double-dipped, almost triple-dipped at the secondary, I should say, but double-dipped at the cornerback position, going with DJ Ivy. Second DJ they took at cornerback. Maybe they're uh, trying to make a hip-hop group. Just kidding. Uh, DJ Ivy, cornerback out of Miami. 6'1", 190 pounds. Well, that's pretty big for a cornerback. Uh, nice athletic size-speed combo. Pretty much what I just alluded to. Uh, he, he played a lot of Miami, so he's had a lot of experience. You know, Miami plays in the ACC, so it's not like he's going up against chump receivers every week. 
He's great with battling them at the line of scrimmage, but he can lose track of them once they uh, kind of get in the open field a little bit. He's really good at defending the run and the screen pass. You know, plays behind the scrimmage, which to me makes me think that he's the future Mike Hilton, future slot cornerback. If he can, you know, he's a seventh round pick. That's a that's a tough battle to climb. No pun intended, but Jordan battle. Maybe a little bit. Now that I say it. Anyways, uh, so if he can stick around, you might have a, a shot of that uh, kind of slot corner that, especially on run plays, can can earn time on the field. Uh, but, you know, the cornerback room, I've already talked about it with DJ Turner, is it's pretty full. You know, Cheeto at one. He's got a contract expiring, though. Cam Taylor-Britt, who they took last year, he's looked like he can play in the, in the league. Mike Hilton's getting a little old. But then, you know, after the first three, and that, you know, Cheeto and Hilton are both questions there. I got DJ, DJ Turner at four, and then Sidney Jones, Jalen Davis, and DJ Ivy. So if DJ Ivy can come in camp and show up that he can play, even either on special teams or, you know, maybe he's like a really solid tackler. Every team needs one of those guys. That's That would be nice. And, you know, let's, I, I like the youth inf infusion. But he also could be a candidate for the practice squad just because realistically he's a seventh-round pick, and unless he does show up, he probably won't play. And I'm not going to go too much into the more to the cornerbacks, but I kind of do want to give a draft an overall grade for the Bengals. And the way I look at this, you know, I was kind of going back and forth the other day. At first, I thought they were more so just kind of stocking up for the future, and not many of these guys are going to play right away. But then I thought, you know, Miles Murphy, he'll be, he'll instantly be a depth piece. He's going to play. I just said DJ Turner, I think in my mind, should be the fourth cornerback. So that's at least some special teams and time on the field. Jordan Battle, he's going to battle for the for a safety spot, uh -huh. and he'll probably be, you know, back up at each spot, at least. Charlie Jones will get on the field as a fourth receiver. Next year, he'll probably be the slot. Chase Brown has a shot to be the third down back, to be the instant backup to Joe Mixon. Maybe he's not the third down back, but maybe he does get a few carries on first and second down. You know, he could play not a lot of snaps, but he could play some meaningful snaps. After that, then it gets kind of murky. Yoshiva's probably a... He's, he's raw. He's a prospect for sure. Him and DJ Ivy, they're probably not going to play much year one, if at all. Brad Robbins, if he can win the punting spot, that's a great pick. So at first, I was going to give the Bengals a B-, minus, but then I was able to... I, I convinced myself, like, the amount of depth and future starters that they could have gotten I gave them a B plus just because I feel like well here let me go by because they got a lot more athletic and fast something that the Bengals have lacked for a long time and it shows like contending with the Chiefs and the Bills and these big explosive offenses not that the Bills really did anything I'll say the Dolphins they've got an explosive offense like you need speed Getting beat deep by Marquez Velda Scantling 
in a championship game should never happen. It really shouldn't. Six for one one six. I'll never forget it. I say it every almost every episode. You know, they got a potential starting slot receiver and a third down running back, and maybe a starting defensive end. Maybe starting punter, like I just said. They had great depth in the secondary. And it's so young. Like they're so young and athletic. I've never seen a, I've never seen a Bengals team constructed like this. However, I do think that not drafting a tight end might come back and hurt them. Maybe they like someone in the next year's draft class, like Brock Bowers from Georgia. That would be fun. He's kind of a more athletic, bigger Michael Mayer, I think. Uh, you know, they they signed two tight ends, Irv Smith and Drew Sample, who's been here with the Bengals since he's been in the league. You know, they, they're they're both only one-year contracts. I think they should, at least should have taken someone just in case. Not, I mean, not that tight end is really a big utilized position on this team anyway. That and I'm questioning what's going on at the linebacker spot because I thought Logan would have been extended by now. They got Jermaine done. Maybe they do Logan next season. But after that, the depth, like Akeem Davis-Gaither, I like him. Marcus Bailey, he's been okay. I thought they would have infused a little more youth there, but I guess that's kind of like tight end. This team doesn't really rely on the linebackers too much. Although Logan Wilson always seems to be where he has to be. I love that guy. I really hope they'd get him done. But overall, great draft. I like the offseason. The offensive line, I'm not even worried about that. I apparently, Leo Collins is looking great on his rehab, and there's a video I saw today of him already working back on the pad, and his knee looks strong. And I mean, like, man, they're moving the Jonah to the right, and if Leo's okay, maybe he beats out Cordell Volson for left guard, and they just have an all... That'd be an awesome offensive line. Orlando, Lael, Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, Jonah Williams... Then you got Corda Olsen backing up the guards and Carmen probably back backing up the tackles. I, I mean, I like that. Like that, that to me is a winning offensive line. But still have a long off season to go, everybody. And so that means uh, next time we talk, I will break down the schedule and uh, see how that offensive line will compare and the other positions and maybe I'll do uh, a final record pro projection you know coming from the month of may or june whatever i get to it yeah i'm excited to talk about that and so uh th that's gonna wrap it up today guys thanks for listening as always uh signing out jreaser14 on twitter you find this at ethos bagels my name is josh reaser